welcome to the Acro Chats podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the practice of acrobatics in the global acro community. I'm Sean. And I'm Emily. We're partners and teachers based out of New York City, and we love acro. Each week, we dive into acro topics, including training tips and methodology, happenings in history of the practice, and interviews with acro practitioners from around the world. Come hang with us as we explore the world of acro and its global community. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Acro Chats. I am Sean, here with Emily, not live, but previously recorded from the Basement Warrior Bridge with a laptop upon a feed-up trainer. Yeah, feed-up really owes us. <laughs> every, every episode, we mention yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really think about, like, your ability to train your inversions in a safe, approachable way. But it also we, makes a great table. <laughs> yeah. A great, uh, great stand for mm-hmm. podcast recording. One of these days, we'll, uh, we'll upgrade to a, uh, a table, a desk, <laughs> a Jamie, a controversy. But, you know, for now, it's humble beginnings of the Acro Chats. So today, we're going to talk about... Um, L-basing acrobatics. So this is what some people might think of when you say like acro yoga. Um, so I know like I was introduced to the practice of partner acrobatics kind of through acro yoga. I was in a yoga teacher training and I learned about uh, this other practice that was like a partner yoga practice. And I looked at it and there was people lifting other people up with their feet and things that looked sort of like yoga poses. There was hands also. Um, and, you know, L-basing acrobatics is laying on your back as a base, lifting a flyer up with your legs and also potentially your arms, sometimes just your arms. Those are usually the parts that you L-base with. What's a flyer do in an in uh, L-basing acro thing, Emily? Um, the flyer is making the shapes usually uh you know i hate to perpetuate the kind of uh common trope that no one really watches the base but the base is like providing the platform and moving the flyer around generally um and the flyer is kind of like presenting the shapes or like you know doing the the acrobatic movement on the, uh, over the base yeah so in partner acrobatics, there is a base and there is a flyer, the base being the bottom uh, partner who does the lifting of the other flyer. So I guess that would be kind of like specific because there's different types of partnering that like you can have a lead and a follow. In dance. In dance. um, And they doesn't need to necessarily be lifting the other person up. But in acrobatics, like uh, in partner acrobatics, we have the base and the flyer role when one person is responsible for balancing or lifting another person. And the flyer in L-basing is lifted by the base in any variety of shapes. Like there's kind of even a wider variety of shapes you could do than, if, than in your own body because you have a person kind of like offering you adjustments and support through them. Yeah, I mean, I was... As you were talking, I was just kind of thinking about like what's the most general way to describe this. And basically in acro, the base is between the flyer and the floor. 
I'm like an extension of the ground. <laughs> Sometimes we say an intelligent extension of the ground. Sometimes we say a rickety ladder-like extension of the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Not in an ideal circumstance. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the name L-basing literally comes from like the, the base's body shape where they're lying on their back and their feet are towards the ceiling, um, which is like very basic uh, position that the base uses. Obviously that can change and move, um, but in L-basing, most of the time the base is on their back. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it kind of starts to cease to be amazing oh, yeah. in a pretty narrow window, I would say. But yeah. I guess there is a transitioning moment where you could uh, argue whether it is L-basing or transitory position. But in L-basing, um, there's basically like a really wide variety of shapes that you can do because it can be anything kind of ranging from if you were on the floor doing like a Superman arch up sort of position to whether you were doing like a hollow body position laying on your back or balancing on your sitting bones. It also can incorporate any kind of standing or balancing, including handstanding, um, but also things like shoulder standing where like you can create fits between like the base's hands and the feet and body parts that would usually be harder to balance on because of the existence of like floors and such. Um, so it's really interesting, especially in beginner classes, like this is a, a fairly universal concept, even in non-acrobatic people, like people that don't practice an acrobatic sport. Um, inevitably in a beginner class at some point someone says like oh you know like I've done airplane before it, it's pretty like a lot of people um just everywhere in different cultures different backgrounds like people come to this where like they'll pick up their kid on their feet and the kid like stretches their arms out and makes an airplane shape and it's pretty intuitive you know that that happens just in play a lot yeah it's uh I remember in one of our teacher trainings, we saw, we uh, presented a photo of, I believe they were bonobos, mm -hmm. uh, like chimp, pygmy chimps uh, playing airplane also. And I've seen, I think I've actually seen a few actually, uh, photos of monkeys of different, monkeys laying on their back, lifting their youngins up with their legs. And That's you know, adorable. it's adorable, but it's like, you know, it's an intuitive, to me, I, as a kid, I always lift, try to like lift things up with my feet mm -hmm. or like do stuff with my feet that should have used my hands, but I was like mm -hmm. too busy holding Mountain Dews or something. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nothing new to lift someone up with your uh, legs. Um, there's old uh, videos of one of the like uh, big figures in yoga, Krishnamacharya. Uh, he kind of was like the teacher of some of the teachers like Iyengar and uh, Patabi Joyce who created Ashtanga. There's a video from like the 30s of him uh, doing what would look like acro yoga in 70 years from then. Uh, a kid, like one of his kids in a like a lotus backbend draped over his feet while he's laying on his back. And like he, you can tell he's like telling his kids like, now do this with your legs and he's kind of moving them around. And you know, with kids, it's 
quite easy because they're very small. As we become, become adults, uh, there's still lots of good, easy ways to kind of balance over a person, but it's not as much of a given. You have to kind of balance people a little bit better. So when we look at the name L-basing alone, it's that we think like vertical, like a right angle. And that's kind of this position that we introduce in everyone's like first acro classes of like stacking your legs. Because stacking uh, makes things lighter. When a weight is over top of its base of support, um, the weight transfers through you rather than pulling you off to the side. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people when they come to class kind of have to be given that instruction, um, you know, so it's not depending on your mobility and your background, like it's not always so easy actually if you're uh, an adult base with an adult flyer to keep your legs kind of right over your hips in that position at a right angle. Um, we have accommodations for that. Um, but I just wanted to also mention like pretty famously currently, um, at least in New York, in the yoga world, uh, Dharma Mitra is known to kind of at the end of a class sometimes he'll do some therapeutic flying and therapeutic flying, which is an L-basing um, area, has kind of been around in the yoga world, um, kind of alongside the development of acro yoga for a while. Um, well, I think that's an interesting one. I can't say for sure because I, I was not there, but Jace, Jason Niemer of acro yoga used to like take class at Dharma Mitras. Right. And I'm not sure if that's when Dharma started offering partner poses at the uh, end of class. And I'm gonna just, uh, I'm not gonna make any judgments. Cool, we said that, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's actually, that studio actually is really, has like a dear place to my heart. I saw a photo on one of my friend's Instagrams, who's an old school acro yoga teacher in New York. And she had a photo from the very first acro yoga workshops in New York City. And they were at Dharma Mitra's old studio. And Dharma Mitra's old studio would, when he would move, would become the studio that I taught my first acro yoga classes at. So. Small world. Yeah, small world. <laughs> but, you know, it's. But it does show up in like the Ashtanga tradition. Well, not the Ashtanga tradition. It shows up from Krishnamacharya. And I always think about this one photo from Woodstock of this woman doing like a bow pose over uh, this guy's feet. They were naked because it was Woodstock. <laughs> it was a beautiful expression of just like human playfulness. Yeah, well, and you know, in the yoga world, especially in therapeutic acro, um, a lot of the shapes do kind of, they're they are similar to yoga poses. Um, and so, and there's this kind of like benefit or, you know, supposed benefit or, you know, like the base is kind of giving the flyer this therapeutic experience. Um, so it's kind of makes sense. Like at the end of a yoga class, you would kind of offer someone this wind down. Um, and those shapes also, they're a little lower to the ground. Um, they require like less movement and tension from the flyer so they're actually they're, they're pretty stable i would say yeah you know the 
origins of like L basing therapeutic flying that that does uh, predate like acro yoga even it's I don't know the earliest happenings of it but I know of this one system this legendary system it was called acrosage and it was by another guy that was a sports uh, acro base who he uh, he's still around his name's Ben something but if you look up acrosage uh, <clears throat> you'll see like flying therapeutic L-basing. And um, this was around in like the 90s, I believe. Um, this was what Jenny of the Jason and Jenny Acroyoga founder duo, uh, this is what she had kind of brought to the partnership. So Acroyoga as a term, uh, one of the main schools of it is mainly based around L-basing acro, both kind of uh, uh, the tricks of L-basing acro, different flows and washing machines and poses, but also the therapeutic side and then also the element of like Thai massage. Um, and I think there's probably some link back to like that Thai massage lineage in uh, the therapeutic flying because a lot of like what uh, therapeutic flying is, is putting people into these stretched out positions um, and then applying massage technique, which is kind of what like Thai massage does where they put people in like almost like a yoga posture and then they massage you or like stretch you within it. Yeah, but from there and alongside, um, we kind of developed a more acrobatic uh, practice as well. Therapeutics used to be done a lot more and they have they're not as sexy, you know, for like Instagram. So, or they're too sexy. For <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like therapeutic flying still exists. Um, and I've heard <laughs> it has been legend that people still fold their leaves. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, you're but, the one with the dirty mind there. All right. Um, so, but there's other sort of basic categories of more acrobatic solar L-basing, if you will. Ugh, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we wanted to, if, okay. uh, so it's also worth noting that like balancing people on your feet for performance is, does not start with acroyoga. So some of the oldest recorded video is of the circus art I carry in games. And I can think of this Japanese, uh, it, it, it was at least two brothers, but there may have been other kids in the family as well. And this was like a video by Thomas Edison in like the early 1900s of basically foot juggling with a human being. So like, this is kind of like the, as far as I understand, this is like the original acrobatic laying on your back, throwing someone in the air. In Icarian games, uh, usually there's like, an elevation under the base's butt of some sort, either a small cushion. As we mentioned, those accommodations sometimes that we make like for someone's tight hamstrings can also be used for a better angle to like throw someone with. Um, but it can also be done in like a more sloped chair, almost like a leg press machine. Yeah, so as we kind of arrive at modern L-basing, um, there's, you know, some basic categories of what we might consider, like what, what comprises L-basing. So in the first class you go to, you'll learn static shapes. 
Yeah. So, well, I guess this would also depend on what kind of class you go to. So if you go to like an acro yoga class that uh, people are trying to like stay like true to acro yoga, you'll uh, probably start with like some yoga and maybe some like partner movement of some sort. And then you'll work into probably um, yoga poses on people. If you go to like a more general like acrobatic class, which is actually what a lot of like even acro yoga labeled classes are turning into, you will get static poses if it's like a first day. If you're starting, if you like, if you have multiple static poses, you might start to do, well, you would do movements within static poses, range mm -hmm. of motion, flyer shape changes. Yeah, so the first thing that most people need to start with is just like, making a shape, flyer making a shape over the base and the base figuring out how to be still underneath that. Um, and it, it, that sounds kind of very simple, but it's not so simple um, if you haven't done it before. So we remove the variable of movement at first. Um, so like front plank or throne, uh, these are some of the whale back fly. These are like the static shapes that a flyer can make and a base can balance, and then we might add movement within that one shape. Yeah, so basically any, a flyer can assume almost any body position on top of the base if it's stacked over top of them and not uncomfortable for them to be in. And then the base can start to move their arms and legs, either in like a squatting, uh, pressing motion, or they can do it in like a twisting motion, or they can do asymmetrical movements. And then if you have this ability to move a flyer within a set shape, then you can start to change how, uh, what shape the flyer is in, how you're holding the flyer. So you can start to create transitions and bigger movements. So a flyer could go from like back fly to like a bow pose or back fly to a boat pose. Or like a back fly even stepping to a new shape like stepping up into a star. So a flyer is like arched over the base's feet and then the base puts a foot on the flyer's shoulder and helps them invert themselves. So when we start to move from one shape to another shape, different contact point, um, base has to move under the flyer. These are what we would consider like L-basing transitions. Yeah. And, and it requires like a little more stability, a little bit more mobility. And L-basing transitions are also like a lot about like kind of timing and uh, this is where there can be a very kind of like contact improv sort of like quality of it where you really have to feel transfer of weight. Um, so like when you want to transition in L-basing, if you don't like put weight into, if you don't unweight a spot, by, uh, there's many ways to unweight, like a hand, you might say, or unweight one of your hips. Uh, if you don't unweight it, then it's gonna kind of drag on your skin and, you know, skin, because it's attached to you, will probably like keep gripping on. So we try to like unweight so your foot can slide freely and then you can take on a new shape as a flyer. Um, and then like the smoother that is, the easier it's gonna be to transition from there. And this is where, in L-basing, there's a unique thing um, that's developed called washing machines, which are sequences of L-basing uh, poses that 
elevation transitions that basically come full circle. They repeat. Yeah. So in a washing machine, you start in a pose, you go through a couple or even many transitions and you kind of end up in the same place and you can repeat it. Um, there's some like very long, extensive, complex washing machines. There's some like two-step washing machines. Um, so like anything, you usually when disciplines start, you do the most intuitive, simple sort of movements. So like um, we, a friend of mine, he talks about uh, the different planes of movement in washing machines. So there's like the hamster wheel plane where you're starting in like the bird position, the front balance position, and then you can be going like basically front flipping or back flipping. And that would be washing machines like Catherine's wheel or four step or uh, monkey frog also goes in that. They can be facing either forward or backwards. So there's a lot of variety within that. There's also things that kind of move in um, like the cartwheel plane, like doing a TikTok would be like almost like the smallest uh, example of a washing machine. It goes like to one so side. Side star through straddle bat to side star. Is a, uh, yeah. Or uh, any side star to side star, I suppose, could be like a TikTok. It's just a repeating sequence. But usually things like uh, Ninja Star would be a really well known washing machine that can move. So I, the, uh, the cartwheel plane, the rainbow plane is one plane that the flyer could transition in. There's also like the pizza plane, the uh, circular rotating like you're spinning Parallel a pizza. Parallel to the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like a spinning discus, <laughs> a frisbee. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of transitions or sequences in L-basing um, comprise like all of those directions. And not to like get too like airy-fairy <laughs> into a top, you know, a little tangent, but the... There's washing machines, which is like a set sequence that starts and ends in the same place. And then there's just like L-basing flows. Um, and, you know, a lot of people get really interested in L-basing flows and kind of increasing complexity and, you know, taking away points of contact and making the transitions more and more difficult. Um, I think that, like, I love, you know, working through flows and L-basing uh, as the name suggests there's also this element of like being in flow when you're when you're practicing it and you mentioned the contact improv sort of element like it's I think it's coolest when you can work through a flow that's kind of a little more difficult or it's at your higher skill level and you don't have to talk a lot while you're doing it so like the weight shifting part becomes very like the base is going to take away a support surface and the flyer has to transition their weight to the support surface that remains. And, you know, it can be pretty cool to kind of build through that. Word. <laughs> Got a little airy fairy on us, Emily. I, you <laughs> no, know. No, you, you gave us fair warning. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but washing machines can be really cool because they... Uh, they pick up speed. They they potentially can pick up speed. One, because you're repeating the same thing over and over, so the movement becomes refined, potentially. Or tired. So, you know, like a washing machine that's broken and it's just like shooting screws all over the place. But, you know, so they can take on these really cool flipping, twisting, spinning aesthetics. 
which like can actually, even though they're still connected um, the entire time, uh, they can have this illusion of a flyer flipping repetitively. And something like Icarian Games creates the same thing, but from the flyer actually like flipping continuously and the base, the base throwing the flyer continuously. But this is just like a different uh, approach to it. And sometimes even like these walking transitions uh, can be used to um, prepare you to do pop. Like I've, uh, I've heard people talk about basing the Acroyoga washing machine swimming mermaid as feeling um, like a relevant progression for the back handspring Icarian movement or what some people call the martini, but I think is better called back handspring. <sighs> Thrown backwards arching flip into a uh, front plank or bird. Um, but these, uh, but, you know, washing machines have been around for a long time and they're a great entry point. A lot of times from there, uh, washing machines can even include these, but we start to do more dynamic movements. And this could be where you would work into the world of like pops. So connected pops are kind of the first place that we would usually start with a beginner. Yeah, and like the L-basing transitions or flows or washing machines often include a transition that could be a pop, um, but the, the pair opts to walk through, <clears throat> walk through it instead. So like we already mentioned, going from back fly to star, you can step it. Um, you know, the flyer's lying on their back, hands are connected with base. the base. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and then the base steps a foot to one of the flyer's shoulders and then steps the other foot to their other shoulder and you end up in star. You could do those steps or the base could throw the flyer with their feet and catch them and star. The hands stay connected the whole time. So that's yeah. a connected pop. Yeah, so pops most simply are gonna be where the base throws the flyer, but they'll still have something like their, well, usually they'll have their hands connected to either the flyer's hands or the flyer's feet. In theory, you could consider popping the hands. We sometimes say that, but you generally don't pop the feet all that, the hands all that high, given how bodies work. But connected pops can also twist, they can turn, they can go through a pretty complete range. They can go um, pretty much like, they can turn at least 180, 270 perhaps. You can do seated, thrown, 360 to thrown, connected, <clears throat> through a foot to hand. Huh. Oh, well that's a twisting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can, you can do full twists in a, uh, yeah, in, uh, connected pops. So and one might argue whether that's a full 360, you know, the catch is usually... Well, that's, <laughs> I think that's irrelevant because rotations usually come up a little bit, a little bit short to have some landing room or you finish on the, finish the rotation on the landing or you're perfect. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> um, but you can also we talked about Icarian games being a thing in like L-basing when you've like if you're an adult learning this and you've learned how to base static poses and you've learned how to transition and how to do these connected pops, then you might start to do disconnected pops, starting to learn how to do like throwing the flyer straight up, learning how to throw the flyer and they spin in different planes. And this could, pops can come from any different shape really. Um, and some, yeah. of the, some of the most like, I mean, obviously you start simple and build. Um, but you know, like 
very simple uh, change of position in your first disconnected pops um, where gravity is kind of like helping you make the transition. Um, that's usually a good place to start. So like thrown to front plank, you know, the flyer is already facing forward. They just have to kind of fall in the direction that they're facing for a quarter of a rotation or not even. Um, and the base's feet only have to travel from like their butt to the front of their pelvis. Yeah. So there's not really, so we, yeah, it builds up very progressively, um, <laughs> ideally, or you just full send it. Um, and you do start with straight throws and then we do quarter rotations and then we do half rotations <clears throat> and then full rotations and then skip right to triples. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's also the one more dynamic transition that we haven't talked about yet, which would be whips, which is something that is like a more, is a much more recent category of movements. Um, like we can almost trace back the origins of this to some guy in Portland, but I actually don't. So this shows up actually in like Dutch acrobatics, like there's different like uh, basically the same transitions that you could do with hands, sometimes intuitively you start to find that you don't really need to fully connect your hands. You find that like, oh, the flyer's body shape can kind of create the transition. And probably out of this, like learning how to come into side stars and stuff, people discovered that they could swing through the base's legs. Also within therapeutics, there's like transitioning the flyer through the base's legs and like for massage to reach different parts when you're like massaging like a lower back. Um, but then the same thing can kind of, it's almost naturally the flyer wants to like swing up sometimes from folded leaf into a bird. And this is where we get whips, the swinging through. And uh, this can be done swinging through the legs and back up, or it can also happen where flyers whip backwards, where yeah. they uh, almost do like a full rotation or like three quarters of a rotation um, through the base's legs. Yeah, I would, I would venture that um, there's people who would say that this is really kind of like a recreational origin um, skill. You know, it, like it's not really a transition that you see in like traditional circus. Um, I mean, at least I haven't in like older media seen like that kind of movement. Um, but like in old school Icarian, there is, there is a whip back direction, you know? So <clears throat> it's a, it's also like a kind of continuous sw swinging, whipping kind of movement, but it's not really, there is a disconnect, um, you know, the flyers being thrown each time. And in L-basing whips, the way that we're defining them, like you are, the flyer is connected to the base, whether it's like swinging from one body part to another or swinging through the legs, um, it, it's connected. Yeah, so in Icarian games, there's the whip back, which uh, the whip back comes from gymnastics, which is basically like a no-handed back handspring, no-handed arching backflip that like travels backwards and kind of pikes the feet uh, around. Um, but yeah, in whips and L-basing acro, the uh, way we're defining it, it's the movements of like front swings where a base, a flyer will come from like a bird position and swing through the base's legs and back up. 
um, facing either direction. Like a pendulum. Like a pendulum. Or the flyer can come from seated and uh, the base uses kind of like intricate sliding karate of using their feet to like grip onto the flyer and ungrip so that the flyer can like transition through the base's legs in a swinging movement. The flyer has to do like some uh, sort of nuanced shape change things that I don't think is worth going too much into. We have an episode. We'll do, oh yeah, we have a whole episode on whips. <laughs> um, yeah, and then of course you can do whip pops. Um, and this is actually one of the closest things that I see in um, in like circus is like in sometimes in Icarian games in the circus, you do see like the no-handed castaway. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no-handed castaways um, can look exactly like a front whip pop that goes like through to throne. It's like sometimes it's almost indistinguishable. Um, and I'm sure there are like, if you wanted to get like, into like technical definitions, there's probably just some people start doing like no-handed castaways, but they're actually thought they were doing a whip pop. But regardless, like the these movements aren't like static. They're not finite. Well, they're definitely not static. <laughs> but like there's ways that you can kind of blend the lines depending on what the flyer's body shape is and exactly what pathway. But they're flipping movements, these whip pops also. They have rotations. Yeah, um, and supposedly uh, people have said that whips in standing are possible. I, it's, it sounds kind of wild to me, but um, there are also elements from standing acro that can be done in L-basing. Um, it's actually quite standard for people that perform or do standing acro professionally to practice their hand-to-hand and foot-to-hand with the base lying down. Yeah, so one of the, uh, I remember on one of these, man, back in the day, there used to be so many like conversations about like the, the little origins of different acro things. And I remember Lux, one of the, a big teacher from Seattle, he, um, he's been around for a long time and he's spent time in like real circus companies. And he brought up the fact that there's like a long history of people practicing standing acrobatic things like laying on their back first, especially things that you're going to wind up lifting someone with your arms. Um, And this is like a great progression for uh, foot to hand and hand to hand, largely because of safety. But it also can be its own like skill set that people can practice and refine. Uh, So, you know, within like hand to hand, so we can just give the brief definition hand to hand being a flyer doing a handstand balancing on the base's hands, and or foot to hand being a flyer standing on the base's hands. Uh, those can be standing acrobatic poses seen in the circus and cheerleading. Yeah. But they I, can also be done laying on your back for fun. And <laughs> for fun. Or not uh, fun. You choose. <laughs> you set your practice. Um, you know, I think like again, a very like traditional uh you know, professional hand-to-hand performing duo, they wouldn't really think of like their, so uh, laying on your back is called supine. Um, I I don't think that they would think of like their supine practice, their L-basing practice as like a performable skill, you know, they would kind of like, like that's part of their training. But now that 
acro has grown to encompass like L basing and acro yoga. It's, it's a skill that you can also, you know, you can do it laying on your back and you can put it in a flow and you can just like train it. You just do it that way. Yeah. I mean, but not to be contrarian, if we look at like the really classic, like hand to hand act, like the Venetian, then there's like pretty much every single element of L basing within that. Yeah. So like the flyer uh, jumps or presses up to a hand to hand while the base is laying on their back and then the base puts their foot on the flyer's head and they balance them on one leg and then they uh, do. and then they'll probably stay in that uh well then they'll re come back to hand to hand the base will do like a rolling plow pose back through their own arms and the flyer's arms and then the we have one-armed pretzel hand to hand behind the base's back there's also the one where the flyer does a handstand on the base's feet and then they roll back through a shoulder stand over their shoulder until they lay on their belly and they nordic curl right. the flyer in a handstand on their so there's like uh or in sports acro, there's also like handstands on feet and such. Yeah, the I think what maybe makes that slightly different is that like part of the act is like all the base movement as well. You know, like the mm. bases, the bases, like what makes it super impressive is that like the base is moving around under the flyer. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that's the hard part. <laughs> and you know, um, I think what's kind of cool about like acro yoga and standing acro and circus and cheer and everything kind of coming together is like we can now sort of see the L basing hand to hand or the L basing foot to hand as like a skill in and of itself. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, you can kind of put it into, it could be part of a washing machine. You can have a hand to hand in your washing machine. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why this can be a challenging uh, thing to uh, make performable is because it can be very static. And, like, the things that we're talking about involve the base moving in, like, a really uh, complicated way underneath the flyer. Um, and, like, the flyer holding really hard positions sometimes. If you're doing, like, a hand-to-hand... Russian roll or hand to hand on the base's feet that you got to be doing a pretty good handstand, uh, which takes time to develop. Um, and to do be a base that's like moving around with the flyer and these things like that asks you to be really strong. So like something like just standing up and holding someone over your head is potentially just as captivating to an audience sometimes, but can be a lot easier. But, you know, performance is like one world that there's definitely is like amazing performable skills you can do L basing, but what the real beauty of it is it's also really accessible. And because it's close to the ground, um, you can take, you can fall without injuring yourself, especially if you're practicing in like a, um, like a safe place that has like proper mats for the things that you're trying. You're going slow. You're not like trying things that you're not trained to do. Like you can, a lot of people like, can practice in their own homes. They can practice like a carpet might be enough to like do really basic acro things. During uh, COVID, we have taught people in their homes. <laughs> yeah, people with like out tall ceilings, you can practice it. So there's a lot of uh, benefits to L basing. Um, there's a lot of like uh, good. There's a lot of good reasons why like it can be like a a nice thing to work into your practice. Um, it can also have different challenges to it, like if you're outside 
um, L basing on an uneven surface, then it's much more likely that you're going to get tipped over, um, especially if you're doing hard balancing things or you're throwing someone in the air. Whereas like standing, we have a little bit more ability to auto-correct our balancing. Make up for those little inconsistencies in your surface. But because we have these extra points of contact, we can also explore way more transitions, honestly, way more like different shapes. Um, and it also is very inviting of people taking on their own style and like kind of using the different poses that their bodies can do using people that it uh, works with a lot of like nuanced balancing um, because you can't move around underneath it. It asks for like sometimes like uh, really interesting rotation and like awareness of like where the weight is on top of you. So we, we really love L-basing. Um, we don't necessarily look at it as something all that different from, uh, it's just a part of acro for us. Um, like sometimes we will, I mean, you know, obviously sometimes I'm standing up or sometimes I'm laying on my back or sitting on my ass, <laughs> but um, you know, we're practicing acro and we actually really like the things that kind of can transition between the two. Because like when you take up space and you kind of move around, that's kind of like, it just feels bigger, more substantial sometimes. And, um, you know, then we start to also see that you can transition from one to the other. Um, so there's some, some movements, some uh, weight sharing, some push and pull where you can actually get a uh, base from laying on their back to seated and then seated up to standing. Um, and that can, that could be like what we discussed where like the base is literally just balancing the flyer while they're moving, but it can also include some like counterbalancey sort of things where the weight transfer helps the base move from laying down to seated to standing. Yeah. Hmm. Final thoughts about L basing. Um, for bases, there is like sometimes a different level of like leg flexibility that you might need to start to acquire if you're not very flexible. Um, there's like that happy baby flexibility. There's also a different like type of sh uh, strength. Like there's basically bench pressing strength will be part of like how good you are going to be at balancing things on your arms. Um, as always, we, we always like to suggest handstands. But also things just like push-ups are really good for L-basing. If you get to use an L-base, uh, a leg press machine, that's like a really actually nice thing uh, for flyers. Yeah, I think it's interesting if you kind of start your acro journey in L-basing. Um, as a flyer, I, I found coming from a dance background really, like, really helpful um, because there's an element of like waiting for, you know, if there's, if there's a surface underneath me to shift my weight onto, there's an element of like listening and kind of like following the directions being given with like the shape that my body is making. Um, and that's very much like learning choreography. Um, especially when you start to piece things together in a sequence or a flow or a washing machine. Um, I do think, it's easier in L-basing, like if you're flying and you move too early or 
too aggressively. It's easy to like knock a base over if they're just learning something, you know, because they're only using their legs laying on their back. Um, so, so I've, I've tried, I've based people who maybe come from like cheer or gymnastics and they're like really, they have a lot of tension and rigidity and they feel like they're being helpful, but it's actually a little hard to base sometimes. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I think is really interesting about uh, L-basing flying is you can really be as skillful in it as humanly possible. Like you could be doing a one-arm handstand on someone's foot and that's like, holy shit, you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Or doing like a headstand on someone's foot. Mm -hmm. Or you could be transferring in like, another really crazy L-basing thing is like a mono-free reverse star. And I've seen people that have this amazing ability to balance on one of their shoulders on a base's foot. Um, so there's these like incredibly skillful things that you can do, but then there's also the fact that anyone can do L-basing. And I've seen literally like 100-year-old people sit on top of someone's feet. Um, I saw a circus performance once where they got like five people from the audience to like sit on each other's laps on top of someone basing throne. Um, and I myself, like when I remember like when I was first getting into acro in the first few years, a lot of times I would do acro with people that had, uh, I would just like meet in the park and had never done this before, or they were in like a yoga studio and never done this before. And I would talk them through a long flow that we, um, that they change shapes and they move around and they end up somewhere, there, somewhere that they didn't start. And they're like, oh my God, I don't know what just happened, but that was amazing. And I think that that accessibility is part of like really the magic of L-basing acro is like that anyone can like become a flyer um, and you can like share the practice. Um, yeah, I could ramble about acro for hours. Emily can too. That's why we have this acro chats podcast. Figured we would just record it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was gonna make Emily sit in the basement for Tuesday morning chat anyway, so might as well let you in on the fun. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Keep listening. If you want to learn L-basing, we have a so many videos. We have a so many videos. We have a so many videos <laughs> up on watch.warriorbridge.com on static acro poses, uh, connected pops, transitions, whips, hand-to-hand, foot-to-hand. Well, I'm reading the show notes for, the, uh, for this episode, but these are also just like the different things that we have in our video library. So go check those out. They're if really you're, good. If you're listening near like our original date on this February 8th, 2022, um, as of right now, we recently made our starter pack available for free. Oh my, good <laughs> Lord. Acro starter pack available for free online. Um, I don't know if that'll be forever, but you know, for now it's true. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining everyone. We hope you join us again real soon. Talk to you next Maybe week. Maybe you just like keep binge watching our episodes and you like go back. Maybe you're going it that way. Anyway. <laughs> Take care, y'all. See you. Peace. Warrior Bridge is a leading provider of online instruction in handstands, flexibility, movement, and partner acrobatics. Classes are filmed daily from our downtown Manhattan studio and live streamed around the globe to meet you wherever you are in the world. Our classes offer students the unique opportunity to receive real-time feedback and answers from expert instructors and connect to a movement community that spans the globe. If you aren't able to attend class in real time, 
You can catch class replays at any time via our on-demand library. Head over to warriorbridge.com to learn more.